surface with Bob. Welcome again to Breakfast with Bob. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by the PTO, the Pro Triathletes Organization, by Amp Human, VeloFix, Normatech, Form Goggles, UCAN, and our Challenged Athletes Foundation. In our first 27 years, we've now sent out 30,000 grants and raised $123 million to keep challenged athletes in the game of large through sport. Our next guest, one of our favorite people on the planet. She is the four-time Ironman world champion, Ironman world champion, record holder, five-time Ironman 70.3 world champion. The amazing Daniela Reef joins us. Daniela, how are you? Hi, Bob. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Wonderful. So how are you getting through all this craziness? I know you like to race like I like to race. Not being able to yeah. race, how hard has this been? I, uh, I do miss the races. I think it's been a challenging year for everyone. I mean, I'm, I can actually call myself lucky. Like we have quite a good surrounding here. Like we have the pool that's been, I mean, in Switzerland, the pool has been shut for maybe two months, but now it's been quite stable. And um, I'm training in St. Moritz, so I have a few people around who are also quite motivated. So that really helps um, to get up in the morning. But I think to, you know, to actually have the race being always, you know, cancelled or changed, it's been kind of a bit of a challenge, of course. Um, uh, especially when like the last race of this year was cancelled, it's kind of like, okay, so what do we do? Do we take a break or are we just working now for next year? And um, I guess the, you know, the, to actually have the hope to always have races is, is been good for me because I've had a really good training the last few months. So it's not like um, I wasn't motivated, but now it's kind of like the next step. We, you know, we have to kind of reorganize and think, okay, what do we do? Because it looks like it's going to be another few months, um, maybe even half a year where we have to just keep training and focus on what we can do. So for you, you you had so much success winning Ironman World Championship four times in a row, 70.3 race five times in a row. But I'm sure you also knew that, you know, there's going to be days that just aren't your day where you're sick or you're yeah, injured. Or, so in 2018, you get stung by a jellyfish and get through that and end up breaking the course record, winning your fourth in a row. This year, you, I think you were sick going into Kona when you arrived and probably should not have raced from my discussions with Brett Sutton. <laughs> he felt like Daniela really should not race. Uh, did, after getting through what happened with the jellyfish the year before, did you feel like, okay, maybe I don't feel good right now, but you never know on race day, things can turn around. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely glad I did race because um, if I didn't, I would not have known what would have happened. And I mean, I was, you know, having a stomach bug. I, I felt bad, but I didn't feel like crazy bad. It just was, I was not having any energy. So it wasn't like I was having 42 degrees of fever, you know? So it's, it was kind of like, a ver it's always worth, I think, to try. But then, yeah, in a race like this, especially in a, in a tough conditions and such a good field, it's, you can't really, eventually you can't really hide your, your sickness. You know, it's, it's, um, the jellyfish I could kind of get over with and um, I found some extra power um, and then sometimes it doesn't work out but I'm definitely happy I tried because I think um, you know if you're afraid of something and then you don't try it because you're afraid I think that's much worse than actually just trying and then see what happens and then maybe you fail but 
I didn't see it really as a failure. I mean, I, I did what I could and, and like this, when I finished the race, I was also not really disappointed because I knew I, I just couldn't on that day. I couldn't do any better. It's, it was just not possible. I remember interviewing Mark Allen once, the six-time Ironman world champion, and he was in Nice and woke up sick on race morning and was thinking, I really shouldn't go to the start line. But then he made the decision, you know what? I'm going to get 100% out of whatever I have. And even if I'm only at 50% or 60%, I'm going to get 100% and be happy with the effort. And exactly. he ended up winning his, you know, I think it might have been his 10th Nice title, because you never know. If you don't go to the line, that's, that's, you know for sure what's going to happen. But if you go to the line, I mean, you ended up finishing 13th, and these are the yeah, best I mean, people on the I've, planet. Yeah, I've had races where I went to to start line where I also had like a, like a, a sinus infection. And I did have like felt like I was fever having fever, and um, it was actually the race in Bahrain when I was going for the triple crown. So it was quite a lot on the line. And when you go to the start line, you like okay, now you just have to deal what, what, with what you have. And there as well, it was it showed that sometimes you can really, you know, take something out of your body which you wouldn't think it's possible. And um, and then, of course, there's other days, then it doesn't work. But if you don't try, you know, you don't know. So I think not knowing is always worse than just trying. So when you come off of that, you used to, you, you've won four times in a row over that oh, in Kona. You normally come home and there's all sorts of media and you're traveling and, and doing all sorts of things like that. What was the reception like when you didn't win this year? Um, it was actually quite positive. I, I was surprised. I, I heard a lot of, um, had a lot of messages um, and it also from the media. I, di I didn't, I mean, I don't really follow all the media. I don't read all the newspapers who write about me. Um, I try to just avoid it or ignore it a bit. But from, the, from what I heard and what people told me, they were actually, some said they were actually, they thought it was even a big, bigger effort because um, they like that I inspired them to not give up and yeah it was nice to hear that that um it doesn't always matter to win it's also the effort and that's what I always try anyway like it's I never really for me the win is yeah of course it's nice to win but in the end all you can focus is on the, on the effort and you can't really you can't really um the win is kind of like something you can't plan like it depends right. what the yeah. others do and you can just give your best and I think this was really, yeah, I think some people may, might have been just happy that I, that I once didn't win, um, but I had a lot of um, good, yeah, I felt like quite supported also from my sponsors and everyone. So, yeah, and I think the most important for me that, that I wasn't disappointed in my performance because I just knew, I was disappointed that I was sick, of course, but that's something... Um, yeah, I think I think hand how to say the hand hygiene we all learn now through Corona that um, you have to dis disinfect your hands much more when you meet people. Um, yes. That's one thing I already learned in Kona. Um, I think having press conferences and stuff, um, I might have been a little not not careful enough. And um, I think I think we all learned that now that um, it's always important to look after yourself, especially before a race to uh, to then not get sick of anything. The hard part is when you have a race, when Kona is the last race of the year, it's not like you can go out the next week and go race somewhere else. So did that, were you motivated to go, okay, next year, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to make sure that everybody understands that 
that I'm, I'm going to come to the start line 100% and be ready to get my title back. Uh, what was your, what, what did you come away with from that race in terms of coming into this next year? Um, yeah, I, I was definitely motivated to get back yeah. there and, and, and do it. Um, I would say maybe better is the wrong way, but because I was prepared well and I was ready to race, but I mean, some things it's just, it can also just happen, but I was, yeah, normally the, um, like if something doesn't go how it's shook or how it's planned, then that motivates me to do it better next time. So I was definitely motivated to, you know, to go back, um, next year and but then also I, I knew like I didn't feel like racing straight away again I, I knew also the, the whole preparation for Kona it takes a lot out of you mentally and yep. often or pretty much always after Kona I do need a little bit of a break to just take some time um, at home and see you know see my friends and family um, it really helps me to reload energy and, and then start again for the next year when you look back at you as an athlete coming off of 2004, getting seventh in the Olympics and I think at 40th in, in 2012, and your whole thing was an Olympic athlete. If someone had told you back then that, hey, you know what, uh, 10 years from now, <laughs> you're going to be the best long distance triathlete on the planet. You're going to win the Ironman four times in a row. Did, did that even enter your mind of doing long distance racing? Um, no, back then I definitely didn't think I would be ever a long distance athlete. Um, I always thought the, these guys are a little bit crazy. Um, so I guess now I'm crazy myself. And um, no, I never thought it was possible, to be honest. I just thought it was way too long and I didn't think I would be able to do this. Um, I was quite happy in the short course, but then when I started, you know, training with Brett, he kind of told me pretty soon that um, there's some potential uh, maybe in the in the other discipline and I, yeah, I'm definitely happy I did try the, uh, to, to go along and, and um, yeah if someone told me that um, maybe now it's seven yeah seven years ago or even yeah ten years ago when I was in Seoul that's to ten um, when someone told me what I did the, the way which I'm gonna go um, I never would have believed it that's for sure yeah and from that first time you came over to Kona, because you'd been to the Olympics twice. So when you come over to Kona for the first time in 2014, uh, you'd, you'd obviously been at Ironman Switzerland, but you hadn't been that immersed in the long distance side of it. Did it surprise you, just the whole feel when you got to Kona, just that it was maybe bigger than you thought it might be? Um, yeah, it was, it was different. It was, it was more like family like everyone kind of organizes it, is, is it with their team where, you know, at the Olympics, it's all about the national team, which was also really cool. Um, but to be able to go to Kona, I had my own little, yeah, my mom was there and supporting me and um, Ro Robbie and Susie, the assistant coach of Brett. And yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was definitely different. I felt, to be honest, I, I did feel a little bit <clears throat> lost because I didn't know what I had to do. Um, I was quite unsure. Um, even about nutrition and everything. So it's also kind of refreshing. If you don't know what to do, you just kind of try and do it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely was happy then to make some experience. And I remember I was always asking Jan van Berkel and some other guys, um, ah, so what do I do here? And like, how do I do this? And 
Um, yeah, um, the best advice <laughs> Jan once gave me was uh, just swim, bike and run and you'll be fine. So um, that's pretty much going back to simple always helps. Yeah. It's funny because the first time we met was right there at Huggo's on the run course uh, during the show in 2014 when you came over after winning 70.3 Worlds. And I remember you saying, so is this where we run? Is this this uh, right here on a leaky drive? Because you were coming in and it was all so new. Was, was it fun? It was almost like a new sport for you? Um, I wouldn't call it fun. I mean, it was new. Um, yeah. I was still nervous. Like I wanted, I think I was maybe, yeah, I, I, I was not too scared, which was good. I was just yeah. kind of keen to go out there and see what happens and push hard. And um, that's what I did the first year. And th this part I definitely enjoyed to just, you know, go, go hard and, and really race hard. And um, I think also having the opportunity to push the bike on my own was new to actually having in the, you know, Olympic distance, you kind of have, have it all tactically. So right. this was definitely more fun because you, you could actually, for me, it was better because I could, um, you know, really use my strength and, and try to make a gap already on the bike. And so this I definitely enjoyed. Yeah. So when you come back after I come back home after getting second at the world championships, did it, change things for you in terms of more sponsors more awareness was it different than coming back after doing the olympics um that's a good question i yeah i definitely think i mean the olympics are pretty big too um i yeah. think i was already lucky to have you know really great supporters and sponsors when i was in 208 and 212 um so i did have already long like partners who I still have, who I'm still with now, like Red Bull and mm -hmm. I'm also Felt and Urkas and, um, but I think to, yeah, to win or, yeah, I think the long distance offers some different opportunities for the sponsors. You have more um, opportunities to place the logos. Yes. Um, you can, Olympics is very hard for sponsors because there's so many rules um, with the restrictions and, to actually be able to congratulate me on newspapers after Kona was different to the Olympics because um, after the Olympics you're not allowed to use that to do that in, as a sponsor. So I did, uh, yeah, I did feel like they saw the opportunity to have that platform in Kona, which is pretty big. And I think it's also as a long course athlete. I mean, it's a little bit different. It's I think the it's it was always quite surprising to me because. The Ironman seems tougher than the Olympics um, in triathlon, which I never thought is true. Um, I think Olympics in triathlon is super tough to be able yeah. to run 10K in 31 minutes. Is, yes. It hurts a lot. I think it hurts more than running a marathon off the bike of 180K. But that's just, I think, also maybe a little bit personal. And I was surprised how um, how big the... Yeah, the, like the impression was that um, Ironman is like the toughest thing you can do. And I guess it is tough, but if you've done it a few times, it, you think it's less tough, you know? So, um, I, <laughs> yeah, I was surprised about the respect um, that people thought it was such an, an amazing achievement where after the Olympics coming seventh, for me, that was, I would say, a huge achievement. I would count it as important to me that, as um, the, the corner win. And... 
so it was yeah it was interesting to see the resonance yeah one of the things that uh, I, I always love is when athletes give back and during this time of covid I, I saw that you've been that's something important to you to help people out who've been affected talk a little bit about that and, and why you're doing what you're doing yeah i mean it was i mean i think it hit us all pretty hard um when i yeah. was in the lockdown i I mean, I was actually just before lockdown, I was still in Spain and then I flew home. And I mean, I was, I did feel quite lucky to be able to still, you know, have like, I mean, I had a home, which is nice. And I had, I could go in the forest and train. And so I did think a lot about, I mean, the, all the people who had to shut down their businesses. I mean, I could still train, so I didn't really have to shut down my business. I right. could keep doing what I like and what I do for a living. And to, to think about the restaurants and all these who had to shut down. I, I did um, try to actually order more. <laughs> um, they, I was really impressed how they changed the, um, yeah, like they, they, I mean, they had to close their restaurants, so they did right. delivery services and stuff like this. So um, I did support that a bit. And, and then, um, yeah, the, uh, the shelter homes in my region, um, which I think in the beginning was a little bit underestimated that, you know, people who have, I mean, everyone said, oh, stay safe, stay home and in the lockdown. And I did think about people who might not be safe at home. And um, so I did take contact with a shelter home in my region and um, did try to support them a little bit. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it has, I mean, it, it had impact on so many people and um, to, to support just a little bit, even if you just, um, support your local restaurant and give them, you know, yep. a few more orders um, to actually keep their restaurant going. Um, I think it's also some little things you could do, which help them to also stay motivated. So you have been with Brett Sutton going back to uh, before your f first Ironman. What has he brought to the table for you as a coach and, and mentor and supporter? Um, yeah, I mean, it's lots of things. I think every it's always hard, almost hard to remember all of them because it's been, I mean, six years. So every year there's something new I think I could learn. Um, I mean, to, yeah, to actually believe in yourself and, and not be afraid of trying things is one thing. Um, I definitely sometimes, yeah, let me like hold back. So he would sometimes uh, throw me in the cold water, which I didn't really want to jump in. And, and then, be like oh it's not even that bad so um yeah and then of course in race tactics um how to you know how to approach the race and but also in training I mean I think that was probably the most important to I mean I've always been how do you say a, a person who likes to train um yes. I definitely had phases where I probably did too much and then coming to Ironman I did I started to train less and um, I got better. So um, I think he definitely showed me that the balance about recovery and the hard training, which of course we also do, is very important. And um, so, yeah, it's been on a physical, but also on a, of course, mental aspect where he definitely could help me a lot in the last six years, yeah. What do you look at as the most important race that you've done? Some, a race that you did that, that told you, basically told you something about yourself maybe that you didn't know? Oh, it's quite hard. Um, 
at, for me, always the nicest was to surprise myself. I mean, like yeah. for example, the first Iron Man, that definitely was the, probably the most um, impressive for myself because I just thought I would never make the distance. And then it felt so, I wouldn't call it easy, but it was, it just felt natural. And um, yes. I, yeah, that feeling was, if you can actually do better than you expect, it's, it's really an amazing feeling. So when you, and I always love the fact that, that you were negotiating with Brett for that Ironman Switzerland where he wanted you to do the full and you wanted to do the Olympic. And the, the decision was, okay, as a negotiator, you decided, well, I'll do both of them. That was the, that was the negotiation. It seems like I'll do one or the other. No, I'll do both. Uh, yeah, sometimes you have to negotiate. If you can't find a solution, you have to find it in the middle. <laughs> there was no middle there. You did both of them. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the middle. <laughs> so both. <laughs> when, you, when you're doing with Brett, that's the middle. I like it. Yeah. And, and, and so you do the Olympic one day, and when you do the then when you do the full, did you feel like, oh my God, I, I can't, I can't believe I'm doing a full? Did you? Because every time when you're out there that long, I'm sure you were swimming further than you ever swam and riding further than you ever rode and running further than you ever ran during the race. Did, did you surprise yourself by that? Um, yeah, that was my first one. So, I mean, swam, of course I've swum more than four uh, or four, how, how long is this? Yeah, like I swam 2. more 2.4, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, but the 180K, I, um, I, that was a long ride for me. I've never done ever that much in training. So I took it quite easy in the start. And on, only when I reached the 90K, I knew, okay, from now I can do it because I've done 90. And um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like if you never done something and then you, you actually do it and you do it better than you thought it's possible, then that's, yeah, that's one of the best feelings, definitely. So when you win your fourth world championship in Kona, and you break the, not just break the course record, what, 826, uh, shatter, um, and break the bike course record by 18 minutes. Did you come away from that feeling like this is the greatest race I've ever had? Um, that was, was that 218, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's with the jellyfish. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I think it was probably, it was the craziest race I've ever had, that's for sure because it was just so not expected anymore um and to turn around the race like this i it really made me feel like wow that's that's pretty crazy and um i thought to the year 2016 was the year where i could swim bike and run everything like like in a flow so for me that felt like actually the race where I felt where I felt the best. Mm -hmm. yep. um, but yeah, then of course it's always hard to compare with the wind and everything. So which one was actually better? I think the 218 was definitely the most crazy race I've ever had. And um, I think also the mo the race I'm most proud of because it, it I've never been so close to giving up than in that race. And then actually to have such a great race is is still to me a little bit crazy when I think about it now. Well, especially you were 10 minutes down out of the water and ended up winning the race by 10 minutes. So th that's a hell of a yeah. turnaround. It was quite a turnaround, yeah. <laughs> I did already picture myself in the hotel room um, when I was swimming. I was like, oh, maybe I should just, yeah, go, go to the hotel room. But then I thought 
if I'm then at the hotel room and crying and having, you know, pity for myself, it doesn't really help me. And then maybe three hours later, you don't know, the jellyfish might not hurt that much anymore. And then you kind of, I think I would be, I would have been pretty angry of, of myself if I then have to, had to think, oh, what would have happened? Um, so that was the reason why I kept going because I just didn't really want to want, yeah, to feel pity for myself. How long do you want to race, Daniela? I mean, you're still young, but you were doing your first Olympics in 2004, so 16 years ago. No, uh, no, 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 2008. 2008, I'm sorry, yeah. 2008, 2008. And so, yeah, so, so you've been doing the sport for, for quite a while, even before that first Olympics. What, uh, how long do you want to race? Is this something you still love? Um, I don't have a plan, to be honest. I think as long as I enjoy it and as long as I enjoy keep pushing. Um, I definitely think um, I can keep going for a little while. I mean, Jan Frodino is, I don't know how much older he is, but I think he's a few years older than me. I think four, four or five. Yeah, so, you're only 33, uh, you're young. Pretty, he's doing pretty good. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think, I mean, you never know that like, the body has to also, you know, um, do it with you. Um, you can't really force your body to do something when it doesn't want it, but I um, yeah definitely look forward to go you know have some races maybe ho hopefully next year again and and um, I do feel like I I still want to work on myself I I did do a lot of biking this year and I do really enjoy like I've had some like sessions where I'm like wow I I hope I can show that one day in a race and um, so I think the the process the and the progress is still what I just enjoy a lot and. So I think as long as I feel like I, I want to make progress, um, then as long as that, that happens, um, I, yeah, I just like going out there and race, yeah. A lot of athletes are either doing full Ironman or they're doing 70.3. They're focusing on one or the other. You're one of the few who's doing both on a regular basis in terms of worlds. Is that a hard balance to do? Because when you're doing 70.3, you're getting a lot of Olympic distance people coming up. And when you're doing the full, you've got people who are just focusing on that. And you're trying to beat both of them at both distances. How hard is that? And how do you have to adapt your training to that? Um, yeah, it's, I don't find it too hard, to be honest, because for me, the, um, the 70.3 still feels like, actually, I enjoy it still more because you can just go all out. Um, but actually, I think the Ironman suits me better um, in terms of my body. So to be able to, I mean, we, I swim with, the, with Olympic athletes, um, with male Olympic athletes. So they keep me quite busy in the pool. So that definitely helps to also keep my swim up. And I mean, the, the swim is pretty competitive in the uh, Ironman as well. And so I think 7.3, the, the pack is a little bit bigger, but in the end it's, yeah, it's, I think it's just about that run speed you have to keep. And um, I'm lucky that Brett doesn't, yeah, he always tries to keep up the, the quality as well and not just the volume. So I, yeah, I do enjoy to have to do both and it definitely gives me the pleasure to actually, you know, being able to switch around and do different races. So I, I do think as well that 7.3s are great training races for Ironman. So yes. I, yeah, I think it, it fits together quite well depending on where the world championship is, of course, at sometimes that can be a little bit tricky, but most of the times they're um, far enough, like uh, 
far enough apart that you can yes. do Will, uh, are there any races that are still happening in, for the rest of 2020 that you're aware of, or are you thinking 2021 will be when things will start up again? Yeah, I, at the moment I do, for me, I think for me it will be, I mean, we don't know, um, but I see it more realistic now in to, to, to focus on 2021. Um, in, my, in my mind, it's kind of like, the, the next big one will be Kona to 21. Yes. Um, so that's, it's easier for me to have like a goal that's kind of fixed where always change every month to have a new goal. So I, I look like, like, I look at it a bit more long-term now and just take on the, take it on the, what, whatever comes, take it on the way or, you know, whatever makes sense, take it on the way. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm quite confident there will be races before Kona to 21 but who knows? So um, who knows? prepare for the worst. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> then, we, yeah. I mean, we hope it all. Yeah, it's, I yeah. Mean, it's tough for everyone. Also the event organization. And um, yeah, I, I hope it for, for all of them. I know. I know. I, I, I usually race about 30 times a year. So this not being able to race is driving me crazy. Hey, yeah, I gotta find someplace. Yeah, I've never been so, 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 many, so long in one place. It's been quite crazy. Um, I think I had 80 days in St. Moritz in one, in one go. And yeah. uh, when I drove down, I was like, oh, wow. It feels like I'm quite excited. I was just like back on a highway for once. <laughs> it felt like all exciting. Because <laughs> up here, it's all kind of, yeah. it's nice, but it's all a little bit very narrow. And um, you can't go full speed on the highway, like on the highway. The, the nice thing is we, we have avoided getting on planes for a long time, which is sort of a nice not flying anywhere. Just being around is, is pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I also don't really miss the flying too much, but yeah, I mean, at the moment I, yeah, it's not the, not the thing um, that's probably on the highest priority list or on the, on the bucket list to do. Yeah. Exactly. Daniela, thank you for taking time. It's always so much fun to chat with you. Normally we do it. And right around now, my our, our baker is bringing out your cake for winning <laughs> <laughs> four seasons for, oh, for winning the championship. Well, let's that time. This time, let's let's. Um, next year. Well, let's work for it first, and then um, see if we deserve it uh, next year. <laughs> That's Dan I like that one better. <laughs> Daniela Reef has been our guest. Daniela, you are the very best. Thank you so much for taking time. Thank you, Bob. Thanks. Bye.